What's up, everyone? This is Skyler Holzman, president of radio at Big Red Sports Network. Today, we have an interview hosted by myself and Mike Seitz with a very influential member of Cornell Women's Volleyball, Madison Baptiste. All right, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Bear Tracks. Today, we have on Madison Baptiste, who plays outside for Cornell Women's Volleyball, and I'm hosting along with Mike Seitz. Uh, Mike, how's it going real quick? Doing great, Skylar. Pleased to welcome Madison to the show. Madison, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. So happy to be here. Sweet. Okay. So first question right off the bat, um, how are you holding up and how is the year? And I guess the semester, especially with finals coming up right now, how have they been for you thus far? Yeah, I think for everyone just like me, it's been a really odd year and just kind of taking it day by day, especially with just having not having a season was the weirdest thing ever. I think the last time I didn't have a season was the fifth grade. So definitely like a transition for me, for sure. Just like having a lot of time to figure out kind of what I want to do for the future. But um, yeah, taking it day by day for sure. And just kind of trying to stand up on classes and handling Zoom University like everyone else. Gotcha. And Madison, I don't know about the fifth grade situation. Maybe you can elaborate some more, but in terms of your creativity now with your training uh, without having a season, what kind of different, uh, you know, practices and, and consistency measures have you adapted, you know, going to, you know, this seasonless time? Yeah. So I was kind of in a unique spot having a sister who plays volleyball. So I kind of had like a built-in teammate already. So we definitely did like a lot of just like partner drills at home. Um, definitely someone I can like go to the weight room with and just still have like someone, you know, there to like keep the morale up too. So that was really great. I'm lucky for that. Um, yeah, we definitely just, we got really creative with like, you know, different like body squat stuff and different, um, like we have a Peloton too at home, which is really another blessing. So definitely like incorporating different sports into it and making sure that, you know, we're still trying to get ready for an Ivy league championship at the end of the day. Yeah. And that can only be achieved with Pelotons. Um, of course it's of, like, oh. of course, I mean, that's, that's undeniable. Um, I think we can all agree. Um, I wanted to, uh, I actually was going to ask this later, but this feels like a perfect time to ask it now. So you obviously mentioned your, your, your sister plays volleyball. Um, I believe she's also on the team. Um, so how, uh, can you take us through how, you guys have worked with each other throughout the years. Like, have you, were you, have you inspired her or did she just kind of find volleyball on her own? Have you guys pushed each other throughout this time? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So I'm actually one of four girls in my family. So my older sister, I'm second oldest. So my older sister played volleyball. She was kind of like the first person to do it. And kind of, that's how I got really into it. And she played college volleyball at UT Arlington um, outside of Dallas. So that's kind of how I got interested in college volleyball and always wanted to be just like her really. So um, that's how I really landed with the sport. And I played club volleyball since I was 12. So it's really just been like my go-to thing since sixth grade. But um, yeah, Riley even, Riley started like earlier than me with like fifth grade. Um, she's two years younger than me. So definitely just always like been close together and really yeah we get along really well and stuff like that but we've the first time we got to play together was in high school I was a junior and she made varsity as a freshman because she's an outstanding player but um so that was a really cool experience to, to do that at Westlake High School in Austin and um yeah like I came to Cornell and then I you know would come home and talk about school and how much I like playing in the Ivy League too and we're really similar where like she wanted like an academically challenging program but also 
a competitive league. So I think she really gravitated towards the program here too. But um, definitely she came up on a visit, I think my sophomore spring and really liked the campus, like the girls like I did. And it just happened to be a really cool fit. So it was definitely a cool time to have her during this craziest semester ever. But I really enjoyed, you know, having like my best friend up there too. For Wonderful. Sure. Uh, Madison, let me, let me ask, you know, that, for the listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with volleyball, what is, you know, the kind of rotation been like? I know you play on the outside and, and Riley is more of a setter. So in terms of growing up, again, if we're going back to your volleyball roots, uh, if you could touch more upon like positioning and, and the strategic, you know, gameplay of actually, you know, being on the Cornell women's volleyball team. Yeah, totally. So there's usually like, in every play, um, both sides will like try to get three contacts on the ball. So there's usually a pass, a set, a hit. So I primarily do passing and hitting and Riley setting. So she's setting the ball up to me, the outside on the left side of the court. So, um, you know, a lot of what we practice is, you know, getting a great first contact to have a good second contact and then have a killer third contact. And so really like a lot of what we do together is just like connecting out there on the court. It's always, you know, like I'm getting the ball to her but also she's getting the ball in a good spot for me to hit it in you know somewhere where they're not on the other side of the court so that's really kind of the simplified um sticky notes for it in terms of your chemistry though obviously as sisters that that's got to be of great benefit when she's setting it to you I mean there's not many you know other teams or you know or players that can say they have that same bond and relationship on the court how much do you think that, you know, plays a factor when you're actually lining up together? And also, can you comment on that similar, you know, trying to replicate that sisterhood and camaraderie on the the broader team? Yeah, totally. So I think a lot of kind of like where we shine together is like back row too. Like I'm always middle back, usually playing defense, like the middle of the court. And she's usually on the right back side of the court. So a lot of the balls are going in the same spot, like between us. So I think we definitely shine in that aspect where we're you know we're both really defensively driven and we want to get every ball up so I think we shine back there together too but um definitely like with the setting and hitting aspect I think you know like she knows how I like the ball and she knows like I'm gonna get my feet there and like she likes I like it fast she likes to set fast too so we all we definitely mesh really well easily but of course you know we have our miscontacts and miscommunications like everyone else too so I think it always surprises some coaches but yeah we definitely I, there's definitely like that natural chemistry that I really like while playing with her for sure. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, that's, that's such an interesting, unique experience, but you're also like, it's, it must be you on both ends. You've had people pushing you. You've had your sister who I guess, you know, made, made varsity early on. You had your older sister who played. So that's, that's, that's pretty interesting. So um, would you say like, uh, is that kind of how you just decide to start volleyball with, with your older sister, playing um because i want to move like slightly chronologically even though we've just completely thrown that out the window at this point but going back to middle school like how quickly did you find your passion for volleyball and like decide this is kind of what you want to pursue at the college level so i definitely grew up just like going to my older sister hannah's games like throughout her entire high school career and definitely was like that's so awesome like she looks so cool and all those girls like i had was really close with them and their families too. Just getting to watch them play on the team was really awesome. So definitely grew up and like saw that like awesome game and really wanted to be a part of it. And I remember like asking my parents when I was like 11, like, when am I going to get to play? Like, when can I get to do this? So always has been like the one sport I really wanted to play. Um, 
so I got to play in middle school on like the middle school team sixth grade of course that's like you know not the prettiest game so definitely fast forward past that um I started to club my when I was 12 and then um really just got like lucky with an amazing club team um very unique like I played with a lot of amazing players a lot of them are playing at like Stanford Washington and like big programs that um so that was really a unique experience getting to play against like six three people like most like most of my life growing up too so I think that's kind of like also like why I gravitate towards Cornell because it had like a really unique league where you know everyone I believe is kind of close but also like you never really know like who's going to win that day so that was really cool to me but um and like also like the academic side too I definitely wanted both so definitely had that experience of playing against like some serious powerhouses but definitely found Cornell to be the place. Madison, tell us more about why Cornell. Obviously, you mentioned that earlier that your older sister stayed in Texas, stayed home, and now your younger sister is following in your footsteps, so to speak, but more so about why Cornell and, again, getting back to this uh, team culture. So I went on a visit my – when was that? That was probably my junior year of high school, I think, that fall, and um, ended up, like, loving the campus. It's, like, hard not to love the campus when you go to Cornell and, like, see the slope and, like, the beautiful – greenery and everything else that's got going on but um definitely like the first thing that I noticed was like the close-knit nature of the team I definitely wanted like a team that was like a family and you know they're all like best friends but also like can hold each other accountable on the court that's not always something that's like easiest when it comes to girls sports I think too when you guys all want to be best friends but you definitely like want the best product at the end of the day so I saw that a lot when they were playing and got to see them also like at home chilling and like doing homework together too but definitely that stuck out to me but also I think as a black woman I definitely was like kind of just trying to see like okay what what was the coach looking for in the future but also like what does she have now and like I saw Jada Stackhouse and Maddie Shrouth another um, black girl who I think graduated two years ago on the team but um, it was really cool to see like them like like the school but also like the team and the program and also liking the coaching staff but our coaching staff is awesome. Like I love them the minute I spoke on the phone with them. And that was also like another pull for me getting to have Trudy and Caitlin and also now Chris on the coaching staff. So definitely the amazing family and also just like the school in general wanted to go in Ivy league since I was like in fifth grade. So it was cool to definitely be recruited and finally get that. So at the end of the day, it was a perfect match somehow. Yeah. And I, I think, I think the secret uh, of Cornell is that they make sure you do the visit in like September when it's, you know, like sunny. And so you never have to see the snow. Um, so when it actually snows there and it's like horrifically cold, um, you have no idea, but you're already committed to the school. That's the right. It's it. a little too late to back out. Yeah. And like, <laughs> exactly. Of course, Texas girl, I saw like leaves changing and everything. So I was like, okay, like this is amazing. Like what, I don't see anything to complain about. And then fast forward freshman spring, I'm, there's still a mountain of snow in May. Yeah. No one warned me about that. Yeah, exactly. And they also outside the outside the ice rink, they have the, the snow that they shovel out there. When I went yes. there on moving day, the snow was out there. And I was like, does it snow in August in like one specific place next to the hockey rink? Like, is that how this works in upstate New York? Um, but I had I had no clue. That's it's irrelevant. Um <laughs> I I will say so. Um, speaking about what, what kind of what you ended with uh, about, you know, being a, a black athlete, um, you are one of the co-founders of Women of Color Athletics at Cornell. Um, can you kind of take everyone through what that experience has been like founding the club, what you guys strive to do, what's been your role in the club too? 
So Jay Matthews on soccer, um, her and Monique definitely came to me. Monique on track came to me and was like, this is what we want to do. We want to create a club, you know, where we can all kind of come together and kind of talk about our experiences, but also create that sisterhood that we all want. Cause a lot of us were friends, like a lot of the black girls and girls of color, like on different teams are friends, but I don't think we really had that like close knit bond yet that we all kind of wanted just cause everyone's, you know, Cornell, everyone's juggling like five different things. So it was kind of hard to like make time for each other. So I think with Waka, we definitely saw like an opportunity to like create a club and make sure that we were all getting like kind of that, time we needed and like safe space that we wanted at Cornell that we didn't really have yet because being black is one thing but also like being a black athlete and being a female black athlete is just three different things too so definitely wanted to find a space for that and get to connect with others who are having the same oper- same experience really being of color so that was in March of 2020 she came to me and talked to me about it and at first I was treasurer of the organization and then like throughout the summer, we're talking about George Floyd and all the upheaval about racial discrimination in our country, talking about that and kind of, we came together again, kind of talking about how we want to promote racial equity on campus and kind of what that looks like, but also draw, draw attention to how this is affecting us and how we are being impacted by these terrible like pictures on the news and also, you know, just that experience has never really gone away for many of us. But basically we all talked about how we could start a campaign on Instagram and social media about, you know, how this is having an impact on us as black athletes on an Ivy league campus and what that looks like. So that all came together this July, I want to say. Um, and I think that we received so much great feedback from everyone. And I think it got a lot of people talking about it because I think it's so easy to look at it from an outsider perspective and be like, Oh, that's just because he's, you know, in, the ghetto of some random city and you know like that doesn't happen in Ithaca or that can't happen in like my bubble too so I think it really you know got people talking about how you know racial inequality is still a very prominent thing in our country and it still happens every day like this I get treated differently from my white counterparts just that's been the fact since forever so I think it really definitely brought other people into the mix and sparked conversation on my team I know we had a entire zoom to talk about it and that really like I think sparks and had a light bulb go up off in so many minds about how it impacts me it impacts Jillian Bennett and Sydney Moore and also like my sister so I think it really was um a blessing to get that experience with my team and I think a lot of other teams too and definitely I saw some really um amazing leadership from the athletic department and they really wanted um to voice our concerns and also get some improvements in store for the future of athletics for Cornell. So that was really awesome to see. But from a recruitment standpoint, I'm now the recruitment officer for Cornell. I mean, woman of color in athletics, excuse me. But um, I've kind of was spearheading new um, techniques with the athletic department on ways to really recruit more athletes of color, which has been really fun. I've been sponsoring these things called Waka Chats, where um, current student athletes of color are meeting with prospective student athletes of color to kind of talk about the experience and what it's like. Cause I think as a recruit back in whatever year that was, I was a junior in high school. It's been forever, but back when I was a recruit, I think I had a lot of questions about, you know, what it is like to be a black athlete at an Ivy league or all the other schools that I was looking at and definitely had a lot of questions unanswered. 
So I think it's been a really great experience talking to these recruits and them being like, oh, I'm so grateful that you are talking to me about this because I was worried about this, this and this and like, you know, like what this program's like and also like how is this coach, you know, dealt with all the stuff about George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And I think that's just been so impactful for them, but also it's left such meant the world to me really to get to help them with this, you know, monumental decision of deciding where to go to school. So that's a little bit about kind of Waka and my experience with it. That's pretty, that's, that's really, really incredible. I mean, and you know, like it's always been important to have these conversations, but you know, you can't help feeling, but like in 2020, especially like this is, this is, it's so imperative that, that you get that done now. And I mean, you know, Mike and I have, have, we've both been on teams before and and I'm sure you can attest to this, that like, you know, a lot of, most of the bonding on a team doesn't necessarily come from just, you know, being out on the court or on the field or anything, just like working through plays and like having that kind of rapport with like, you know, setting or spiking in your case. Um, it's, it's from what you do outside because you spend a lot more time outside of, of that than you do on the court. So I'm sure your, your team got much, much closer with these discussions. I'm not sure if, if that's, if that was the case. I mean, do you think, do you think that was, do you think that was part of it? Oh, definitely. And yeah. And I, like I had conversations with other girls, on the team like afterwards and they were like no like thank you so much for like being honest like I know that wasn't easy for you because it's you know like it's never like the fun conversation to have but I think it's so important and like I took what was it I I took IDP last semester too and like had similar experiences and it it was just like cool for cool to see everyone else like kind of get it and kind of see what's going on and get out of their bubble for a second and realize that you know people are struggling with this and they've been struggling with this for so long. So that's really, I think it had a really big impact on my team as well. Wonderful, Madison. I mean, we can't emphasize enough how, how important it is for athletes to use, you know, one, their, their social platform and athletic platform for good, but then you go a step beyond even in, in everlasting leadership. Uh, you know, one, you know, talking about for future generations, now the recruits at Cornell that you're talking about continuing to facilitate those chats, uh, which is extremely important and will set a, a positive precedent for, for years to come throughout Cornell. Again, continuing the conversation and, and launching a social media campaign, but taking steps further, that's really inspiring. Uh, speaking of leadership, Madison, uh, and possibly struggles also, Skylar and I are curious um, because we noticed he had a breakout season, an absolute breakout season sophomore year. Um, but talk to us about first the transition to the collegiate game and then tell us, you know, what you worked on between freshman and sophomore year that led to that breakout second team all Ivy season. Of course. Yeah. So I think um, definitely freshman year was a unique experience for me just joining another team after like being in a leadership capacity since for most of high school, really. So that was unique to kind of come in and be a freshman again. But um, definitely, like, I came into a great team and had so much fun with those girls, too. And it just took me a little bit of time to kind of figure out what my role and identity on the team would be. So I think that was a learning lesson for me, too. And um, I think definitely, like, it just motivated me even more to really have a bigger impact sophomore year and get that confidence. And I think a lot of it was just, like, my coaches really instilled a lot of confidence in me at the end of the season, but also like during the spring and gave me a lot of opportunities to kind of like hone my presence on the court, but also with my team. I think that's a lot, a large part of kind of how I became captain um, in sophomore fall and definitely had a bigger impact on the team sophomore season and just got really comfortable on like our offense and just our systems too, and was able to really just hone in on um, that experience as a freshman. But also I think my, 
identity has really always been like the dependent player too. But I think a lot that changed from freshman year to sophomore year was really, I got to like definitely just have more of an impact on an offensive perspective too. So I think I generated a lot more kills sophomore year than I did freshman year. And I think that that also like helped, help me lead the team by example too, by having a bigger presence on the point chart too. Yeah, that was, that was very clear. I think you were what top 10 in the Ivy league in points and kills per, per set, um, which is pretty incredible despite me having a admittedly limited knowledge of volleyball. Um, that's, that's still very impressive. And, and yeah, you know, like, I mean, it, it was, I mean, by all accounts, a breakout season, but, you know, you also had a, a great freshman season. You did play a lot freshman year and, and like, just like you tested, you like made those, uh, those, those adjustments. And um, yeah, it's, and it's, it's really, it sounded like you had a lot of momentum going into this season, especially, which is a shame that the season's not being played. Um, looking down the line a little bit, uh, are there any like specific goals that you have in mind, especially when like sports ramp back up, um, athletic goals, um, or, or personal goals even. Of course, you know, like the end goal is always to get the Ivy league championship. And I think we were in such a great spot this season too, to get it. And I think we had a lot of great incoming talent as well as like a lot of great leadership from our upperclassmen too. So I, it, it is, it, it is what it is. And, you know, you kind of just deal with the punches, but I think it's really like motivated us as a team to come back from this and like definitely treasure the game, but also treasure the experience of being with each other. Cause I mean, I was not expecting to, to lose a season completely. And now I got one more. So it's just, you know, makes it even sweeter once we get, once we do get back on the court too, and really just, you know, motivates me to like have the best season ever and definitely, you know, instill the confidence in people just coming in too. And I think a lot of what we prioritize now is just really instilling confidence in the freshmen, but also the next freshman class that I'll be playing with us next season, which is weird because we kind of have two newbie classes, but that'll be really fun, I think too. And I think it's going to be a great experience, you know, just because everyone hasn't played so long, but um, you know, it just motivates us to go out and do it. And, you know, why not us? And why not now for sure. And Madison, tell us more because, you know, you're so busy doing all these different initiatives, excuse me, on and off the court, right. Being leader, you know, and captain mode when you're when you're leading the volleyball team but also in in waka and making you know proactive social change across cornell's campus and obviously in cornell athletics talk to us what what madison does you know outside of of all these uh, endeavors just uh, hobbies passions you mentioned before uh talking with us before the show that you're a government major so uh anything you know more personal that you'd like to to tell us about Well, a lot of what I do now, of course, is just, you know, Netflix and TikTok and Hulu maybe. But, you know, I think also like this summer, I was doing a lot of work with like a New York State Assembly office. That was really cool and got to like hone in on like stuff I've learned in government, but definitely with the smaller government too, it was really cool to get to see state politics, especially during like a crisis. So I got to work with small businesses during the pandemic and the economic crisis, which is something that I really treasured just because getting to next getting to connect them with like the state agencies and also help them, you know, receive opportunities was really cool. And I got to do a lot of like constituent outreach. So speaking to constituents who are having a hard time and helping them with like home ownership and, um, you know, putting food on the table. So that was really great experience. And I'm super, super thankful for it now, but, you know, just a lot of it, you know, learning to like, kind of be like, okay, if I don't get a ton, a ton done today, then it's going to be all right. Because, you know, 
the world is falling. So a lot of it's just, you know, hanging out. I'm definitely really close with a lot of people and I definitely a people person. So that's kind of been hard for me to not see everyone all the time. So it definitely gotten a lot closer to my family. We were already really close, but, you know, got a puppy. So definitely been hanging out with her a lot more and getting, you know, some quality dopamine rushes too with that. Wait, what kind of dog? What kind of dog? It's, she's an Australian shepherd. So she's kind of crazy. Yes. That is legitimately my favorite breed of dog. Like I will say it on this podcast. It will be on this podcast forever. That is actually my favorite breed of dog. That's insane. It's almost like, it almost almost has no tail, right? Yes. She has no tail and she's, yeah, they're like very athletic, like very, um, like the physicality on this thing is like insane. So she needs like attention all the time. It's like super ADD. Like we're always wondering what she's going to do next. But um, yeah, no, she's been like so much fun to have. And my dad's like obsessed with Australian Shepherds. So he's just like happy as can be. Yeah, not, I mean, not to, you know, not to dive too deep into Australian Shepherds. Cause like, I feel like we, we should probably at some point have another completely separate podcast about Australian Shepherds, um, but they're, they're really photogenic dogs, right? There's a, there are a lot of colors from, from what I remember. Oh, she's like gorgeous. I literally just stare at her half the time. And it's like, honestly problematic because she can get away with whatever she wants because she's that pretty wow <laughs> oh my god oh my god um no that sounds that sounds phenomenal uh, my dog is very old and doesn't really do much so i i, I would trade um if 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 you honestly I'll, I'll trade she's she's tiring me out so go ahead <laughs> put her in the pool that's that's fair <laughs> um so we have uh we have one more section um this is supposed to be like the fun section of the podcast um allegedly uh, we're going to do a quick wrap up lightning round. Um, so Mike and I are going to alternate questions and we didn't send you any of these in advance. So you have no idea what's coming. Um, so, okay. I will, uh, I'll start us off. So if you could play a sport outside of volleyball, what would it be? Lacrosse. That's very definitive. All right. Mike, Wish I had learned more about it before picking volleyball. I think it's really cool. And I watch the girls a lot. So definitely lacrosse. There That's we awesome. go. That's awesome. Do you know a position just to follow up? Oh God, no, no. I, I know nothing about it. It just looks really cool. And I had Jen Rogers, my, was my freshman roommate. So definitely like went to a lot of games to support her. And I was like, that looks sick. Y'all are badasses. Wish I could do it, but not, no, do not have the stamina. Those girls are <laughs> insane athletes. Just like volleyball though. But again, we'll, we'll uh, switch from sports. Uh, give us your current Netflix rotation. You mentioned it before. I'm curious to, what are you watching and tuning into? Oh, I've been watching, I've been catching up on American Horror Story and I've been watching the like David Letterman, uh, my guests like needs no introduction specials because those have been really cool. And I feel like I'm learning because they're like all really impressive people. So I'm like, okay, like, you know, this is like self, self-help every time I tune in. Yeah, those are that's that's phenomenal. I'm like a comedy junkie, so that's um, I, yeah, Letterman's brilliant. I just I, started, I literally watched this thing with Chappelle earlier today. Um, oh yeah, that was phenomenal. Um, so uh, best celebration on the team. I would say we get really hyped for like other people. Like I get insanely hyped for like Jill Bennett or like if Emma Worthington said something really cool. So I think 
like other people like Jillian Bennett probably gets the most hype on the team for other people. Like she'll, I remember like Gail, I like got a cool kill and she literally like almost hurt me because she got so excited. It's like, we get really excited sometimes and it's like, okay, don't hurt anybody while you're like jumping up and down. (laughs) I feel like you're already at risk of like having the, you know, ball hitting your face or like breaking a finger. So um, yeah, you just got to play it safe on, on celebrations. I think. Right. right. Speaking of playing it safe, Go to cuisine in home at home, you know, in Austin and also in Ithaca, if you will. So Tex-Mex is a really big thing here. It's superior to everything else in Ithaca, but um, I would definitely say Torchy's tacos here. They do like really cool street tacos and that's like my go-to here. Um, In Ithaca, I'm a big Luna's girl. Like I love mac and cheese, put the bacon in it, put the Gouda, make it work. It's great. Yeah, yeah. No one can see Mike and I's expressions while you were saying that, but that's it's it's so good. It's so good. I, I shamelessly love Luna. <laughs> it's so good. Um, okay, uh, a few more. Uh, three movies. Um, if you think of three movies that every college student should watch. Oh, uh, this is good. Okay. Oh, what is it? Oh, she's the man with Amanda Bynes. Because my best friend didn't know who Amanda Bynes was and I was like that's embarrassing for you um what else Inception that's like my favorite movie of all time probably and I just watched Gone Girl and I really forgot how good it was so definitely those three I think they're not really college movies but you know they're 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 character building I've seen all three but Madison in regard to the second one Inception the new one Tenet came out which is another Christopher Nolan movie have you catched it yet like when did it is it coming out in like in theaters or it came out in theaters but i think they're also releasing it uh for like streaming services and you know other things to just get it online yeah i was seeing ads for it so i would if i guess i would you just check it out i've not seen inception but i would i'd recommend it anyway because it got good reviews so inception and tenant wonderful uh how how about speaking of like we're talking about hype movies obviously but what about hype music uh you have like a pre-game ritual or even uh, some some playlists that you load up before the big competitions oh it really like depends what kind of mood i'm in i listen to like a lot of brock hampton that's like been a recent go-to too um what else really big j cole fan let me pull up my spotify real quick one second i will say i will say while you're pulling it up brock hampton their their music videos are so trippy that's insane they're great right yeah like i feel like they're just so underrated like i need to hype them up as well like this is my like shameless brockhampton plug because they don't get enough love and also panka disco i listen to a lot too they're great brendan yuri's voice is phenomenal phenomenal so good so wait yeah did you did you find the playlist oh okay so there's not like a playlist playlist but there's just like a list of like random songs but really, we play, like, a lot of, like, reunion, like, hype songs. We play, like, Wobble in the locker room a lot just because everyone lo- likes that that one. Um, right. Travis Scott, of course. Well, big, big Rod Wave person. We love that one. Um, <laughs> Boost World, of course. The Baby. Yeah. Like, every, I listen to, like, pretty much everything. So you'll find a little bit of anything you want on there. Nice. Okay. That's a, that is a solid, that's a solid lineup all around. There's no weaknesses there. Um, so last lightning, uh, last lightning round question. This is, um, this is a question I've, I've always 
um, I, I've had this debate, especially during the Olympics, um, with with mostly with myself for no reason. But um, how do you feel about beach versus indoor volleyball? Like, do you think they both have equally as many redeeming qualities? Do you think beach is just not worth it because it serves set spike most of the time? I don't know the nuances, but how do you feel about this debate? You know, I'm an indoor girl myself and I like I have a lot of friends who play beach and they're not playing beach like different colleges too so it's definitely like I understand both and I get both I personally love indoor I'm like sand is just not my friend I don't understand like diving on sand is annoying and you get sand everywhere you don't want it so I'm personally an, an indoor girl but I think like I love to watch beach and it's like such a cool sport too and honestly the girls on sand do really cool things and I think also just like a lot of people do both and have a lot of fun with both too. I wish I was both, but definitely not. And I think I'm much more of like a six person team than like two people out there for an entire day in the hot sun. But that's just me. Everyone has their answer. Now this is, this is kind of the answer that's going to stand probably the test of time. So if you were wondering, re replay that just so you get it in your head. And that's, that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Mike, what you got? I think that's it for our questions, Madison. Please tell us how can listeners and fellow Cornell students, excuse me, and uh, parents, alumni, how can we follow you on social media? What are the handles? Oh, I mean, you know, you can follow Big Red Volleyball on Instagram, of course. You know, our coaches always put like really cool stuff on there. Um, definitely just keep up with the website. You know, I mean, you can always follow me at MadBat4 on Instagram too. That'd be cool. Um, Wait, that's MadBat4? Yes. Spell well, it's actually my quick. high school nickname, Madbap, M-A-D-B-A-P. No one at school here calls me that. So I tried to make it work. <laughs> people really rejected it. It's fine. But it's <laughs> Madbap4. That's my Instagram handle. Um, you know, like my sisters are trying to do the TikTok thing. We're, you know, in the planning process. So if if we get there, you know, to Jonah's status, I'll let you guys know, of course. But we won't <laughs> Shout happen. Out Jonah Kagan. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you guys for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. Thank you, thank Madison. You. Pleasure to speak with you. Yes, Skylar. Yeah, I was say thank you so much. This is this is this is really treat. So thank you. Really, really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you guys very much for listening to the interview. If you guys want to check out more content from Big Red Sports Network, you can find them at bigredsportsnetwork.org or you can find them on Instagram and Twitter at CornellBRSN. BRSN.